The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, friends. We're back again. Spiteful Overbooked. What is it? November 12th, 2023. Uh, Joel and Kate at eight, because once in a while we like to show up for work on any non specific date. Twice in the same month. That's a big, what? It's a big accomplishment for us. My goodness. You messaged me earlier and said, are we getting bumped because of sour graphs again? And I said, no, I'm doing double duty tonight because I. Love this game, Joel. <laughs> what a badass. I saw it because I saw Alex had posted last night as I was getting into bed. I saw, oh, went to a family thing late. So I'm probably going to do, you know, sour graps tomorrow night on being this being Sunday. And uh, be with me. And I'm like, oh, there goes my show. And then I realized, you know, he said 930 start. I'm like, well, Kate and I only go two hours when we, you know, really go crazy and then we just realize let's just go 90 minutes and then do three hours instead go crazy yeah exactly we'll be on sour graphs will start at 1 a.m eastern and uh <laughs> no i'm excited i'm uh i like doing this show it's just like we don't always line up so easily but uh yeah it'll probably be easier to do it in an hour and a half when we don't have like six weeks of things to catch up on <laughs> We have that, that. That's the problem with our schedules. You and I have enough shows that we do both. You have your own channel, Miss Kate Fabe. Go follow that over on YouTube. And of course, you uh, you do stuff on Fifle as do I on over on Overbooked, and of course on the main and blah blah blah. So like, you get to a point where you're just like, do people really care about me talking? Oh, and you, you've also got Mark Order. Sorry, I forgot about Mark Order Pod. Um, uh, but the thanks point, for all the upfront plugs, though. Buddy, what am I? What am I here it, for? Listen, <laughs> we we get our plugs in and out as we, we do anyway um no it's just like do people really want to hear me regurgitate things that i might have said on in the weeds for like an entire week three times in a week plus impact stuff on a thursday night no one watches the impact show i get it like three people do and one of them for some reason is steve macklin i know <laughs> i know anyway um but yeah i i still like doing the show because kate and i uh are idiots and it's great yes uh that is a big part of it is I think people like it when I'm mean to you. So I show up to be mean to you and uh, everybody enjoys it because you are our sad clown. I thought Alex was a sad clown. <laughs> what, did I, what did I do to suddenly gain sad clown status? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I mean, Jeremy has been at it for years of, of just being mean to you, but uh, no, I, I sincerely like it because I feel like, one, 
it's nice for us to pull back to an overview perspective. Like it's, it's nice to look at the week as a whole and just kind of touch on stuff. And um, the other piece of it is like, we don't do, we both do tons of shows at Fightful and neither we don't cross streams outside of this all that often. So it is nice to like get to talk to you um, because I feel like you're you're holding down the morning fort and I'm holding down the night chef most nights. So it's nice to kind of cross over. <laughs> I used to be like you. I used to be young and full of piss and vinegar. <laughs> then I had a then I had a kid who took a 20 minute nap today. So that was hell on earth for me. But whatever, that's just kind of what I get now. I took a 20 minute nap and nobody gives a shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thing is your nap <laughs> supposed to be 20 minutes. This is supposed to be at least an hour and a half. Even that's the low end for him. God, what a life you live. Imagine being 19 months old. God, so good. Oh my gosh. I know. Even with my dog, I look at her and I'm like, no wonder you're always happy. Like she's always, that dog is always happy. The dog's never upset. Even she's the kind of dog that if another dog growls at her, she will like just get down on the ground in submission pose and be like, I'm so sorry I did something to upset you. Like that caused you to growl at me. Um, and I was like, of course you're always happy. Like you just like here and I give you attention. All of your meals are taken care of. <laughs> you don't have to work. You don't pay rent. Daffy. I have a very important awesome. question for you. Yes. Friday. Did you break into Barbie's dream house? I did not. I was in my sister's apartment. Well, actually, the past two weeks I've been in my sister's apartment because her birthday was last weekend and my dad's birthday was this weekend and we celebrated in the city. Um, and she has, yes, a very pink wall <laughs> and a very orange couch that looks like it's from friends, but smaller. Um, That's the <laughs> oh, my God. I said Jeremy Lambert's name and I summoned him. That's an that's a big problem. He's up later than I am. That's not supposed to happen. Yeah, I'm not supposed. To be, hey, you're not supposed to be. You're, you're early. We're not supposed to be doing anything. Got, until yeah, like twelve morning. hours at least. Yeah, yeah you got some time. <laughs> I guys, we're gonna make a thumbnail for tomorrow. You know what the biggest surprise is? What's that? That you guys are actually doing this show. <laughs> Look, we already touched two, on that. You're late. Two times in one month. To what do people really? Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. It's yeah. true. Do you get was was recent haircut? I feel like you you got a fresh look going, Jeremy. Yeah, like three weeks ago. Watch the product. Okay, first of all, I think it feels like you you pushed the hair no, back. No, you look, tonight. it looks yeah. sleek. I'm giving you a compliment it's for once. Just, <laughs> it's it's unwashed. That's basically <laughs> what it is. Um, all right, going wrestling fan chic tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's basically all it is. Did, why why was I being talked about on this show? I didn't actually I wasn't actually watching. I just wanted to say hi. Typical. Oh, I was and... just I was just saying that like like Joel and I both do so many shows, but this is the only show uh, that we get to do together and it's fun because I get to pick on Joel. I don't have the opportunity to do it multiple times a week like Jeremy Lambert does, you know what I mean? It's it's fun to fire Joel multiple times a oh, week. I believe it. I je I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm going to pull this up. Mike Straw, over oh, past five minutes, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and to counter with that, 
Jim Gray sent a super chat. They can't listen live, but wanted to say hi. Can't wait to catch up tomorrow. Taking two mental health days off that are desperately needed. Kim, I hope those days are fantastic and full of rest and full of relaxation and whatever, ever, ever you need to get yourself back on track. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Take your days when you can. My goodness, if there's anything I learned. And Kim's always so supportive of us. We appreciate that. Yes, Kim is Kim is great. Mike Strahl knows why I told him that, by the way. Out my my football team is out catching strays on Sunday. Just, we lost already. Let me rest. Okay. <laughs> let, let me rest that my football team sucks. I used a Seth Rollins post to to rant okay. about my terrible football team. And you know what happens when that? I clearly showed bias in that article. Very clear bias. Mm-hmm. No one calls me out on it instead they call out sean for something that molly bell wrote like <laughs> yeah why? here's the thing she you just can't trust that molly bell she was biased with something a as serious as wrestling and her bias showed that she i can't even believe i'm about to say this out loud on air but that she likes a wrestling promotion which is just egregious in an opinion piece that like she likes wrestling I feel like all the best wrestling opinion pieces are um, are done by people that don't like wrestling. I think that's very fair to say. But that's what I that's what I was getting at. That's why I, a professional, goes and does a wrestling show that gets I get paid for it as somebody who famously hates professional wrestling. There you go. Yeah, you hate AEW. You're a big time AEW <laughs> hater. I best ITW bit I've ever done. You're you just you can't stand AEW. It's honestly upsetting. I need to get Molly Bell on to bring some, some you balance, know, journalistic right? integrity, yeah, yeah. to the show. That. Unlike you, Joel. All right, y'all enjoy your show. Uh, have have a good Sunday. Uh, basketball's on. Enjoy have fun, basketball, Jeremy. Jeremy. Jeremy's another one I never get to like share screen with, so I love it when he pops on. It, it's really just me and Jensen, and then if, uh, I guess uh, SB3 and sometimes Share Delaware. <laughs> yeah, sure. It really is like the day shift or the night shift. It's funny. <laughs> my, I, I've said this before. Like my Thursdays suck because I gotta. I've got stuff going. Like from I'm up. It's like six thirty every morning, and like my day goes until four o'clock when I do KYN for Jimmy's uh, Know Your News channel that you're also on, and then I am off until I got to cover Impact. And Impact for the next two weeks is or next month is a slog because there's no there's there are no stories being told for the next little while till they get to hard to kill no but you're you don't have your thursday night champion just vacating the title for no fucking reason so you got that going on which is pretty neat um also we we have a champion who got hurt in the uk and still wrestled jonathan gresham three weeks ago on the air last night or this past i was gonna say though it sounds like you're at least getting some really incredible matches in those tapings like even though you're stuck until the rebrand kind of in this this weird spot like shelly versus gresham i heard great things about sunny versus trinity is sunny kiss right versus trin is next week or happened already that's next this, week. Okay. As is Osprey and Alexander, they're going to be oh airing God, this yeah. Thursday. Like it's, there's a lot of great wrestling that has happened, and they're going to be airing. And then they just taped last night. They did IPWF, which is their um, throwback '80s style kind of BS, nothing matters type of show. I was this close to going because at like twelve thirty, I got an email being like, "Hey, you want to come?" And I, I actually, I, I sent a message to my my father in law who lives near the venue i was like hey do you and my brother-in-law who's like 
18 years old. I was like, do you guys want to go to this wrestling show? I'm like, you might like it because you liked wrestling in the 80s. And that's basically what this is. I'm like, let me get back to you. And like 40 minutes later, like, nah. And I was like, good, because I didn't want to go that badly. <laughs> it sounds like they had a good time. And I'm sure that it's an entertaining product. But like IPWF just has not been for me. And I've said this before on the main channel. We're not going to cover it. Like, we're probably just going to take that week off because what are we going to talk about? Like, we, we're not up on the IPWF lore. It doesn't do anything sure. for us uh, talking about it on the show. Like, people are going to go and enjoy it, and that's fine. But it's, you know, it's no Wrestle House. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Wrestle House, honestly. I thought that was super fun. But, yeah, I can't Two of the only imagine uh, Cresta being like, oh, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> that feels like the least her stuff in the world, so. <laughs> Cresta would probably find so much to enjoy about IPWF because it's so over the top. But then I have to remind her about the time Matt Stryker basically got hammered doing commentary or at least pretending to be. And it was very awkward to watch live. Better than a cocaine spot, <laughs> so, am I right? <laughs> well, one will get you a TV deal. The other one... Uh, by the way, speaking of TV deals, leave us a thumbs up on the video and maybe we'll get one as well. And subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbook because our TV deals include dropping content every single day. And of course, donate a super chat like our pal Kim did earlier. Any amount of your questions, statement read on the air. And we love it because you support us here on the channel. Like we're going to get a TV deal with Sean doing coke on these post shows. I mean, my God. <laughs> you know what he's doing? He's just doing it so that his common Bengals W thing gets more attention instead. Oh, so that he gets that, that, that common Bengals TV deal. The sinister Seanister, as we call him. <laughs> really? That's what y'all yeah, call him now. That's what I'm calling him. It's like Sean Spears. Everyone's like, you can do better. And I'm like, I don't know if I can. That's the problem. I feel like the only, I have one complaint about Sean Spears, but it's an enormous one. He doesn't use the spear. Really? It's because everywhere he's worked, he's had someone who does it better than he does. True. That is a tough one. But like, if you're going to name yourself after a move, like you can't, what if he, if he was Sean Canadian Destroyers, you'd expect him to have to do a Canadian Destroyer. That's true. <laughs> I love Sean Spears. I feel like he's wildly underrated, to be honest. I felt that way in WWE and AEW. So. Listen, man, the dude co-owns a very popular and very well-established wrestling school. He got Chris Danger's first match in DPW after all. we, You and I talked about this off the air. I'm like, people are going to get weird about it because they don't realize that Spears trained Chris Denker, Chris, J Chris Danger. It makes sense to, to face your, your, your trainer in the first match. So... It's nice. It sucks that Adam Cole can't go, but if you're going to face anyone, a trainer who has years of experience and multiple titles under his belt, that's a pretty good deal. You know what? I'm going to go on record and on as saying that I think it was really selfish of Adam Cole to intentionally injure himself to not show up at that appearance. Like, you don't have to big time the indies. Like, just just call out with some respect instead of intentionally injuring yourself to not do that match. Maybe he's scared. Maybe he's scared he's going to look bad because uh, Twitch Gamer, who I'm definitely familiar with, and that's what he definitely does, right? Yes, thank God. Nailed it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it. You're doing great, honey. I'm doing great, sweetie. Uh, yeah, I think he's scared that that guy was going to be better than them. That guy, again, who I'm super familiar with because of my being so in touch with Twitch gaming stuff uh, that, you know, I'm, I think he got injured 
and put himself out of work for months because of this. So do you, it. do you watch, do you watch Adam Cole's Twitch channel? Uh, only when MJF shows up on it. <laughs> Those were good. I have sometimes I I've seen some of the stuff there and I actually, I, I do like it. There's just, there's a lot of content out there, Joel. There is even, I can't keep up yeah, last night. Last night, I, I, I listen, I'm a spoilers guy. I read spoilers, whether it's Impact or AEW Rampage when it's not live or Collision when it wasn't live last night, read the spoilers and I said, yeah, okay, I'll pay attention to it. And I watched on one screen and on the other screen, my TV here, I sat in my chair behind me and I, you know, played Twitch. <laughs> and by Twitch, I mean Switch. <laughs> Switch, Twitch. Switch, Twitch. We're live nice. on Twitch. That's about it. We are. You can donate bits. That's right. Twitch. TV slash gaming. Come on, get your bits in. Why don't you do the thing? Show us your biddies, as I like to say. Ah, I was about to say the other <laughs> thing, which the, the supporting women, but it feels like you saying show us your biddies feels a little bit like <laughs> several thousands of years. It's a years. feminist statement to show uh, people yes. your biddies. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say something that I'm not, I shouldn't say out loud, so I won't. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair um, enough. Uh, yes. Not worse than my blue chew segue this uh, this past week, but oh, thank you, Ricardo. Ricardo, by the way, I, I'm sorry I missed your super chat during the Impact stream. You had asked SP3 about his thoughts about uh, uh, about JY taking the triple B. I asked him for his comments off the air, and SP3 said it sucks, just like I say, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> but yes, for the leggy blonde onion, and I guess you too. Cool. Well, thank you, leggy blonde onion. Bring back Mario Kart. I was playing Mario Kart last night. That's what I was keeping busy with while watching Collision. Ryan loved your Mario Kart stream. He's so sad about it. We loved them too. <laughs> Jensen and I had such fun on Thursday nights when, when no one was covering Impact on the site. When Impact was no longer going live on Twitch for free, we just played Mario Kart. It was blissful. There was no wrestling. <sighs> we loved it. <laughs> and now here we are. <laughs> Every single day. There's wrestling. There is. That's wild. It's funny because I find myself gravitating so much more towards stuff that is not on, um, like, main channels. Like, I feel like this has not been a good stretch for AEW. Though I think, I think they've had some statement episodes of trying to turn things around. I certainly think, like, them doing their little G1 situation is a good call. Um That'll be something that drives live attendance. That'll be something that feels like it's a a good way to get fresh talent on screen in a meaningful way. I I thought what they did with Daniel Garcia was trying to send a message. Like it it feels like they are trying to steer the ship back the other way. Um, But I've just been like very into New Japan and New Japan strong kind of all year. Um, ROH I want to like. And I like a lot of the talent there. Um, find myself kind of like getting into. I, I guess that's just like that's just. I I was thinking about this earlier today. Like I wish there was more time for me to catch up on stuff. Like I, <laughs> I can't can't do it. Like Stardom and CMLL and AAA, like all these things where I see all these crossovers happening. Like I would love to be able to dive into more, but it is crazy how oversaturated we are but i i just as 
WWE is kind of getting back on track, but like when Vince is booking it, it's not been the most for me product and I cover it. AEW was not on track. Feels like it's getting back on track, which is good. But for a while there was like not in a style that I like, largely because it felt like it was going in the same direction of WWE. Um, so it, it's funny how much like, I don't know, stop geeking out about stuff in a negative way and go find what you like because it's out there. Like there's so much wrestling happening right now. Yeah, there's so no much. there's no reason not to find something that you like. And I, Jeremy and I have harped on this on, on In the Weeds uh, quite a lot. And it's the idea that, you know, you don't have to watch everything. There's so many people. Well, who I just, do. Well, yeah, listen. <laughs> I get paid too. Definitely <laughs> a lot of us do, which like for better or worse plays a role. But for those who don't, it's like you, no one's no one's pointing a gun at your head and being like, you got to watch this. Yeah. It's the same thing. I said this for WrestleMania week too. If you're going for WrestleMania week or any big major wrestling week where there are independent shows happening around, you don't need to attend every single show. You can take time off and enjoy the city or enjoy the sights or take a nap, do whatever you need to do. Like, don't feel like you have to be at every show. And if you are the type of person who wants to be at every show, you can also dip in for a couple of matches and then leave if you have people on the card or a match that you're specifically wanting to go to. You don't need to be there for all three hours. You paid your money. You supported the yeah. people. You can you can dip. You're good. The support, is, the support is the money you plop down at the merch table and at the entry fee at the door. But like, just give us your money instead. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. If you're not doing yeah. that, I don't know give what's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, they, they, like Ricardo says, thoughts on Dan Hasen being the devil, very evil. That's true. Could you imagine him just showing up and being like, "It is I. I am the devil. I did this." And everyone just being like, no, you didn't. Go away. No, you didn't. How do you know? I feel I like it. I feel like he'll be uh on collision more. Which I think will be good. Cause that program, I think it it stayed, in my opinion, like everything has their back and forth. And before I say this, I do recognize that they had a 69 day celebration last week, but for the most part, like it still has that a little bit more pure less distraction finishy kind of feel um, and longer matches. Like it, it kind of kept true to what I feel like CM Punk was laying out with some exceptions, with some back and forth. But I think breaking up that kind of programming with a Danhausen is, is just a really, really fun idea though. We also got that Dalton castle on there the past two weeks. So I am a happy, happy girl. I love Dalton Castle. You see out of my eye, I can't was one of the funniest things <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> I've I've loved Dalton Castle. I do. When he got injured and his back was jacked up, and it, you know, for all intents and purposes, it still is. It just it's hard sometimes watching him perform. You know what I mean? Because like he's he's so good, and he used you know I hate to say he used to be better, but I think he'll also agree that like there was a time he could do more, and just the back race stuff has really put a damper on him. I hope that. Whatever it is, I hope they can still work at like a, a comfortable pace for him, but it's different. I mean, he hit JD Drake with a bang ring the other day, so I'm guessing his back feels pretty all right <laughs> now, but I hope so. He's just such a um it's funny being at, at some live tapings too. Those live ROH tapings are not the best. Like it can get really rough. And as soon as that guy's music hits, like tremendous pop, everybody's attention is on him. And it's really, really great. And 
to see him getting that reception on collision is awesome. Cause I didn't know how much people knew about him outside of ROH until he worked grand slam last year and got a huge reception. I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Like I didn't realize how many people knew him and were in on him because it is such, I mean, he's wrestling Freddie Mercury he comes out with boys dressed as peacocks. Like that's not for everyone, but he's pretty massively over. And I'm glad to see like the TV crowds responding to him. Cause he's, he's so great. And uh, I've said a few times, like sometimes people or promotions lead creative in a place with that type of character into a place where it shouldn't go. Like it, the flamboyance can get very um, misconstrued as kind of a lot of like those mid 90s stereotypical things. And Dalton's never been that way. And I, I just have loved the way he's stayed the course this entire time with who he is as a character. Um, but yeah. Did we you can ever, kick off this wrestling part of the show with some Dalton Castle love. I love that. Of course. <laughs> did you did you ever watch this? There's there's a very I, I feel like it's an underrated segment. It was Bobby Fish's fish tank when he was in ROH and he brought in Dalton Castle. This is in like 2016. And they're in a gym. Like they're in a gym. Vaguely, I remember this. And it's such a funny, stupid segment because the boys all make a throne for Dalton Castle and they make one for Bobby Fish and they end up sitting on the throne of boys and doing their segment. And it feels like it's not even close to rehearsed. It's so funny. Go find it. Just search Fish Tank ROH Dalton Castle and it's probably the first thing that pops up. It's a really funny segment. He's the best. That's I, I you saying that they were in a gym now. I'm starting to remember yeah, yeah, all of that. Just see the fact it is so just like, there's nobody there. <laughs> this is really funny shit. <laughs> I'll definitely have to. Oh my I'll God. definitely have to, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, it's that's been nice and like seeing the righteous on main TV with Lance Archer is nice. Like it felt like a couple weeks ago their their core audience reacted not just to the rick flair sighting but the way things were trending in general like man it feels like they kind of jumped the shark and it feels like they then turned the page to go back to what they'd been doing a little bit we were like starting to get some banger matches starting to see some fresher young talent again and i really hope it continues in that direction because they've used their legends really well and then all of a sudden you look up and you're like it's rick flair and the big show and you know what I mean? <laughs> like and Jeff Jarrett all the time. Like, so I I'm glad about that aspect of it, because uh, that they, there's just too much young talent there that what we're on a track and then we're not. Like all of a sudden have been tossed in the background. Ryan's asking where Stu. You want to know when you're going to see Stu next in AW? December fifth, Montreal. Probably. I mean, I hope so. I hope it's sooner than that, but I hope he gets booked for those tapings. It's just weird because ROH is such a frustrating product right now of everything that we talk about on Thursday, so I won't reiterate it here. But they had two really great stories that I loved, and one of them was the Stu Grayson adoption angle with the Dark Order and the Righteous, and they just never paid it off. And he's working the indies, so he's probably healthy, I would assume. Um but the fact that Dark Order hasn't been on TV also, I'm I'm hoping there's something a little bit more substantive around the corner for that then. But it was such a well-built story. And Stu Grayson's just such an outstanding in-ring worker that 
Like, what aren't we doing with this guy again? <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. That's 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 one of the more frustrating points for people who follow, you know, who comes in, who comes out. And Stu Grayson left. He came back at the Winnipeg tapings and suddenly he was all elite again. They put that in parentheses on his on his graphic. And now it's like, yeah, but but where where is where where is he now? He did the the pay-per-view in July for ROH, and then it was like he's gone. He's kind of gone again. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a frustrating one. It's really strange. Because he's so damn good. Like I I'm waiting for a him and Josh Woods six month arc. <laughs> like, give me like Stu in the pure division of ROH. You can't tell me that's not a good idea. So put him in the Continental Classic. Maybe Stu Grayson's the devil. I don't hate that. And, I actually would love that. <laughs> and Dark Order are actually the uh, the the guys the behind the mask or behind the the you know beating people up. Wouldn't be wouldn't be mad about it. I'm ninety seven percent sure Alex Coglin was just trolling, or maybe it was Gabe Kid. Probably Gabe Kid because his Twitter game is. But uh, the idea of the Bullet Club coming in to be the ones to equalize Bullet Club Gold is the most salivating payoff that you could get i don't think that's it but man that would be so good <laughs> well, we talked about it going into wrestle dream i was like what if it's the bullet club what if it's what if it's dave finley what if it's war dogs what if it's the young guys like what if and then i think the general feeling was like yeah it's not big enough because it, it isn't like in the aw crowd the aw fan base is just gonna be like all right but it's not it's not our guys what are we what's the payoff it does feel like it needs to be a, an AEW story, not just a crossover New Japan. We already kicked you out. What are you doing here? Like, what what's the battle after that? The battle for Bullet Club? Eh, they, they're just going to be like, there's more money for us because it's just more Bullet Club merch. And even then, it's like, Gato's going to come in and be like, more money for me. And Jay White's going to well, be like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's the timing that's off for me. If this was heading into Forbidden Door, I would be all for it. Like, that would be awesome. But you I don't think they're going to have that level of crossover with such an important stable legacy wise and currently in new Japan showing up for this angle, but Holy hell would just even from a, a the workers involved standpoint is it would be great. Uh, but we'll see. I'm, it could go so many directions. A lot of people are very invested in trying to figure out who it is. And I'm kind of like, I'm, it could be a lot of people, so I'm excited to find out who it is. <laughs> <laughs> there have been so many, so many people just giving, giving their thoughts on it, and that's fine. Let's go. Oh, we should have said it was CM Punk and put it on the thumbnail. We would have gotten our. <laughs> I know. Listen, I'm sure Steve and Larson are going to do that next week. It's fine. They can do that. They can get away with it. <laughs> I mean, they've got a great bit going where they're they're doing like a CM Punk day, like news brief. And then they start singing a song and they, at first they were super into it. And now they've done it so many times that they just hate doing the song. <laughs> <laughs> it's, really, it's a really good bit. I wish I thought of that. Jay Miller says, well, how about Sammy Callahan being the devil? Here's the thing about that. Do you really want Sammy Callahan to do the devil thing? Cause then every week you got to listen to I'm the devil and I'm the guy that you got. I hate Sammy Callahan's performance voice. I couldn't. I have not been netted on the most recent Sammy Callahan stuff. Uh, I really liked a lot of the stuff he did in Impact. I was not super into what he was doing towards the end of Impact. Um, like before we knew that Tessa Blanchard 
was a B word. Uh, <laughs> Blanchard? That's her last name, a B word. Her B word is the Yeah, yeah, exactly. Blanchard. Uh, their intergender feud that got built out, I thought was one of the most compelling ways to build out an intergender feud. Like, I, I thought they did really, really great work. He's also a big, like, death badge dude, and I, I get a little fatigued on that stuff sometimes in general. But, like, I just um, haven't found his work anything super inspiring of, like, the past couple years. Uh, hasn't looked, like, in the best shape either. It just hasn't been been super for me. Uh, but we'll see. I don't think Sammy Callahan and MJF feels like a pairing that works either. Sammy does really great work behind the scenes. He's got a great mind for wrestling. And if you listen to an interview or you see how he books Revolver, like it's good. There, there's some good stuff there. Work-wise, yeah. There, when he's on, he's on. But I get what you're saying. He hasn't been... He's been he's been doing fewer plunder matches, or at least he was doing fewer plunder matches in Impact. And when he goes, he can go. He teamed with Rich Swan on his way out, so that was pretty cool to see. But other than that, yeah, I I largely agree with you. He's just he he's 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 not everyone's cup of tea, and I understand why. But the the it's the voice. He he does that performative voice, and it just. Go watch his interview with Sean. Okay, just watch it for anyone. Just watch that. And the first five minutes, it's just. He's 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 in character, and I've heard him talk normally. It's still the same, but it's less like it's not up to to eleven. <laughs> please go to eleven. Yes, sustain <laughs> these. It's the sustain on these. <laughs> no, what an underrated line from Spinal Tap is. What's that? She was like, "I need." He he says, "I I think I need to stop eating sugar." She can tell my larynx is fat or something. He's on the phone with, it's definitely, she knows my larynx is fat. Cause I thought that was one of the funniest things ever, but he was like, I need to cut back on the sugar. My larynx is fat. I think he's, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, I think, yeah. She, she says my larynx is too fat. Yeah. It kills me. Oh my God. Uh, Ricardo sent a super chat as well saying, tried explaining Dalton Castle to my girlfriend didn't go well. How do you, you just had to see him. I mean, you can say he's wrestling Freddie Mercury because that's what he is. Um, but you got to witness Dalton, you know? Yeah. And also, like, him and uh, Emi Sakura, they should probably be a team. They should. I really need a Dalton Castle. It doesn't have to be anything more than them passing even on the ramp. But Dalton Castle and Timeless Tony Storm need to have an interaction at some point. Like, it, it has to happen. Um, but I, I love that Dalton's getting his fight. Even on ROH, there was a promo where the first half of it, I was like, this is a rare Dalton Castle L. Like, it didn't work because he was kind of was saying, like, this story that he's been telling of he's got to give the people of ROH what they need. And in it, you were kind of like, well, they want Eddie. <laughs> the queen in the castle is very good. That's it. Uh, like, they've wanted Eddie Kingston, so that piece of it didn't work. Uh, and he had said something about like Eddie Kingston not being unique. And I was like, eh, that doesn't really click. And then he of course turned the corner. He had a broken nose and was like, he was like, I wanted cheese and the fondue place was closed. So you know what I did? I busted it open with my, I shattered the glass with my face. That's exactly what I'm going to do to your sternum, Eddie Kingston. I was like, and we're back. Let's go. <laughs> 
<laughs> national treasure national treasure i also saw a lot of um love for nigel mcginnis's commentary on saturday on my timeline and that made me so happy because i he's just the best yes. and it's been showing up more and more and more the more subtlety gets into collision uh and it it just made me so happy just made me so happy and he's always been good at this like even oh, back great. to of honor when he was doing it there when he was doing it in wwe he was great at that nxt uk had the best table for a long time yeah yeah, yeah there was some really good stuff there uh louise sent a super chat as well thank you louise this is to send yeah. some love to y'all and to manifest atlantis versus roddy strong in a backbreaker battle for the aew g1 we're just gonna let's just call it the e1 we're just going to call it the E one from now on. Cause it ain't the A the A one is already a promotion out in Hamilton. That's Ethan Page's okay. promotion. The W one sounds like you're trying to get a job and a work uh, visa. And then <laughs> the E one just sounds. Oh, I got to fill out my taxes. <laughs> the exactly. WG one. Is it, is it a 1099 or a WG one? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do. So, so I'm going to, I just call it the E one. It's the elite one, but uh, that'd All be right. fun. There's going to be some good matches in there. I don't know. Going back to something you said, I don't know how much of a ticket driver it's going to be, at least at the beginning. I think once they announce who's in there, that's definitely going to drive some interest. But it really comes down to like, other than Brian Danielson, which I have my feelings about that and how that's going to play out. Um, having Brian as one, and then you got to fill out 11 other people and make sure that it's enough that it's a big enough card or big enough field that the depth of the rest of the show doesn't go to hell. No, well, I feel like there's been a lot of talent that has needed to get back on screen. So I think it's going to be something that's really good. I think what's good about it for live sales is you now know when you go to a live event that you are going to have a match with stakes on it no matter what. Like that, I think, is is very good. Um, I think there's a cool story. Pulowski gave this booking and I loved it. And I've been championing it since. Um this idea of Claudio having Wheeler Yuta under his wing and Brad Danielson taking Daniel Garcia under his wing while he's in this kind of like lost phase could be really, really compelling. And I love the idea of a Brian Danielson, Daniel Garcia finals for this to get there. And it's continental, right? So you could also pull in people from other promotions and they have so many working promotions. I think that could be a really good call. Um, but there's been so many faces of AEW that have needed to get on television. And I think this is a good way to keep that feeling fresh. Like you could have Lance Archer and this destroy people until the semifinals and then whatever. So people who have felt like they're not on a track, um, or people who are getting their feet established under them, like a Will Hobbs or whatever could be really, really good. So I, I'm really looking forward to it. I also love the G1. So this is just something that I'll probably love because I love tournaments. I think tournaments are great as much as I usually don't like battle Royals. I do love tournaments and it's just always good to have storylines set up coming out of it. And you're going to be between pay-per-views when this finishes, I believe. So that's good. Cause you can start building to another pay-per-view uh, it in this, like maybe swerve is in this and something gets set up. You know, there's, there's a lot of possibilities here. So. Finals. The finals are at uh world's end. Are they not? I think the, I think they said the finals at world's end or though. No, at the world's finals, end. Okay. no, the finals I think are actually at the, 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 the Florida tapings on the 27th of December. So just before world's end, I was going to say, I, okay. So, uh, that, 
that's good timing, I feel like, because you're going to have something with stakes that's carrying you through this period of full gear to World's End. It doesn't really have to conclude at anything magnificent for World's End, but it'll probably drive you into revolution from a what got set up out of their programming aspect. So that's not bad. Um, could be cool. It could be really cool. I hope they do it right. I love when tournaments give you storylines as a jumping off point. Like that just, nobody loses when tournaments are booked well. Everybody comes out looking fresh as a daisy. But I would just love it if if Danielson got to win a tournament because he doesn't ever he doesn't hold belts and everybody wants him to win everything. So I feel like him winning this tournament could be good. But if he adopts Daniel Garcia in the process, I think that could be awesome. Um, so I I I like it. I think they've done a good job with the past week and a half of programming on AEW. Like it it felt like they needed some some shots in the arm. So I'm glad we're getting it. I'm trying to think of probably CM Punk wins it. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Let's, let's just keep views up and say that CM Punk's yeah, gonna win. Punk's gonna win. I don't. I don't know who the 12 people are, and also there are, we don't know what the winner of this whole thing gets because Tony didn't say like, oh, winner gets a championship opportunity at, at World's End or whatever. So we don't know a who's in it. So therefore, we don't know if champions are involved. I'd prefer if they're not. I mean, I know G1 typically does, and then if the champion wins, then. The whole thing is moving. Joel, I have I actually have a major announcement I'd about love that. To hear it. Let's go. I think it's going to be for a title shot at the inter- intercontinental championship. What is it? Is this nineteen ninety nine? Jeff Jarrett in a good housekeeping match? What's wrong with me? The international championship is the uh, title. The international championship. I used to say, I used to say this all the time. The Mid Atlantic Championship. I'm just, I'm the, trying to put together the Mid South title that is on the, <laughs> the thing that Orange Cassidy holds, the international title. I, because it's the continental one, I, I feel like I've decided that the stakes for it should be if you win that, you get a shot at that title. That would just make sense to me. I'm just, yeah, I'm going down the roster. Um, oh, I'd actually put Kyle in there. I would put Kyle Fletcher in there, given that he's got nothing else really going on lately. Archer, Yuta, Brian, and Garcia seem like they're in it. Seem like it seems like they are going to happen because Lance Archer, you don't just bring back to TV randomly unless it's Battle of the Belts. And then that came and went, and he was still on TV. So it feels like he's going to be a part of this. Keith Lee would make sense to make him a part of this, unless you're going to send him down to Ring of Honor, not down, but send him to Ring of Honor to participate in the Ring of Honor Television Championship tournament that's going to be announced this Thursday, uh, or maybe next Thursday if they decide that they want to push it another week. <laughs> Sorry. Huge announcement. We're making an announcement next week is what we got this past Thursday. God bless that they are so aware of how the announcement strategy works that they screwed up the major announcement that they could have made this week and gotten away with. And people would have been like, yeah, that was cool. We should. That's a good announcement. Instead, they're like, when they said, okay, so it's Brian and it's Tony standing there. And I was just like, okay, Tony's going to say Brian's part of All In and that the tickets are going on sale. And then he does it. And I'm like, okay, great. And he didn't blow his load by being like, huge announcement. And then they did the the Continental Classic. And I was just like, no, 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 guys, you could have. You could have done the huge announcement. People would have been fine with it because he didn't do the full gear tournament this year, which everyone was waiting for you to announce. Instead, you turned it into this, which is good. But you could have made it. You could have pumped it up. We would have been into it. So my... My public relations spidey sense was tingling after 
the big announcement thing. I can't remember if the, I think that was the week before, so we might have already talked about this. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I bet he was supposed to announce that Ric Flair was signed, and they were nervous about the reaction. Um, I because if you sign, if you say you signed Ric Flair, and the reaction is bad, that's an awful look. Awful look on television. I don't know if that's what they were going to do. I don't either. It just felt like with the nothing announcement that was, it it felt like they almost bait and switched themselves. But they've also been trolling with major announcements for a while, so who knows? That's the thing. You got to know the levels to this. There are levels to it. I would, back to tournament talk, I'd probably put Miro in there. Yep. I think I whoever stops him from getting to the finals, is, whether it's Andrade or someone else, there's something really, really cool that could be done on a story perspective there. AR Fox, maybe? AR Fox is a good guy to put on some great matches and probably lose the, earlier in the tournament. That's a, yeah. that's a good call. Juice Robinson is um, another guy I have because he deserves he deserves that opportunity. also has the experience. He's also, again, just like AR Fox, another guy that can go in the ring can give you a great match and be a highly entertaining and even lose the only, the only name Kate that I need. I need Toriano. Mike Mazanin. The, the, oh. No, this is the E one, not the G one. <laughs> listen, 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 we got to talk about how the Miz came out in that fatal four way and everyone was super excited for Mike, the Miz Mazanin G4 2024 G1 2024. Instead, we got to talk about Toriano. <laughs> Being in the the E one, <laughs> hey him and Joey Janela had a banger on the Strong Show. All right, they did all right. Little Birdie told me <laughs> Joey Janela is going to be on in the weeds on Wednesday, so get ready for that. A little bird told you? Yeah, he was supposed to be on this past Friday, but his flight got delayed, so we he couldn't. Birds. Us. I'm more more interested in this bird that you have that's talking. You should know. So Joey Janela doesn't actually speak to people via. Um, the internet he's very very old school he sends carrier he seems pigeons. it yeah yeah he sends carrier pigeons he sends carrier pigeons i don't know how he got my address kind of weird but i respect it you know yeah no someone did it and that's just <laughs> great but <laughs> the chat brian danielson's daughter uh, told you uh, that good. that's excellent Sometimes chat, you're good. Sometimes you get it. Uh, I will <laughs> I will say this with going back to Brian Danielson and being in the E1. I'm a little concerned because... I love when we get concerned on this <laughs> I'm gonna, I, Yeah, I'm a little... I'm worried, Kate. I'm worried. I'm scared, in fact, um, that he might... It might be a, a bit of a... It might be tough for Brian, who has unfortunately you know, been dealt some injuries, uh, some, some freak ones for that matter. And he's got a January 4th match against Akata at the Tokyo dome and is about to do 11 matches in like three weeks or whatever it is. So You're on the Zack Sabre Jr. train of, he should be putting a Zorb ball. Protected. I wouldn't go that far, but yes. <laughs> Let's mummify him. Um, I, I get it. But I also think a couple of things. One, Tony Khan's got to put him on TV as long as they have him. And he's contracted to AEW. So as I am so excited for Okada versus Danielson at Wrestle Kingdom. But you can't baby him on the 
program of where he's contracted to for that. I'm going to. And the other thing is they really are freak accidents. Like if he was someone that kept injuring the same body part or whatever, but like dude broke his orbital bone on a, the most basic move that you could possibly be doing at the start of the match. A color elbow tie up. I no, mean, there no, is no, Kate, nothing. Kate, you got it wrong. It was actually, it was, it was an elbow, an errant elbow to the face at the end of the match, right? Didn't you read the reporting? That's right. That match that just happened to be agented extremely <laughs> gently around Brian Danielson. Uh, if, if it was a thing where it was like, man, this guy's elbow just can't get healthy or whatever it was, I would be so in agreement with you. But they've just been such odd things that it's almost, it's, it's just kind of that thing of like, well, then he would just never be in the ring again, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's such an odd, odd thing. So it just, um, what, what weird instances every single time, every single time. Yeah. Look at why Adam Cole's out. It's because he jumped off the stage weird. Like it, yeah, it's just how, look at how Punk treated winning the world championship. Came out that Wednesday, jumped into the crowd, broke his foot. Broke his foot. Like, of course, right? It's all of these things. Um it is funny because I, I completely understand the school of thought of not doing insane Darby Allen or Luchin spots to preserve your body for your career and life after your career. But I was like, it's never these injuries never come from <laughs> 450s or whatever. I think long-term, there's certainly an argument to be made there, but I'm like, it's always dumb shit like this. Like, it's always jumping into the crowd, jumping off a stage, collar and elbow tie-ups in the beginning. Like, it's it's um, it's a tough argument to maintain if you're of the, the old school thought or whatever, but and yeah, like, which I actually more often than not am, but yeah, pocketing hurt off of a baseball yeah, slide. Yeah, like it's, yeah. The it's AI just... bot just mentioned that. And I was going to bring that up too. He broke his fibula after uh, taking a baseball slide. That's just the way it goes. It's just, it's, it's just anytime you, I was going to say step between the ropes, but I guess as soon as you come out the curtain, you're, you're, you're prone to it. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, yeah, there's 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 enough going on in AEW right now that I'm I'm they've pulled themselves around in quite a way that Jeremy and I are feeling a little more optimistic when we talk about AEW on in the weeds. It's no no longer a big slog of being like, oh god, what happened to this company? And then the chat being like, you guys hate AEW, be like, you should too. Well, as a as a, I was gonna say, that's really brave of you as a known AEW hater. You yes. know what I mean? I need everyone to understand just how bad this company is and how much we hate it. We are back in a Texwell, Washington for tickets. <laughs> well, someone's got to balance out Molly Bell. I mean, right? Uh, Someone has to not pay them and still show up to the shows. Which was also very funny because that piece was largely critical. Um, so good on them for screenshotting the one piece of it. Well, that's usually how it goes. That's how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to. Take what you take the one thing that you think yes. will be a thing. Get a hobby. That's all. Just like get a job. Get a hobby. Get a job. Although I, I, I will tell you this: for the first time in my life, I used Chat GPT to write a cover letter. It's great. I feel, I feel like a fraud. It's great. No, please, God, use it. I know a bunch <laughs> of people writing cover letters that were like, it does a better job than me. I'm using it. I know, and now I'm going to. And then I read a an article on futurism.com about a guy who applied for like a thousand jobs 
using something called lazy apply. This is not a plug for them because I can't for the life of me figure out how to use it. But he got 20 job interviews out of that. And lazy apply is like click of a button. They just apply for you. So instead of him applying for a thousand jobs, he just clicked a button and got those job interviews. So it's like a time reward thing. It's wild. That is wild. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. Now I have ideas, Kate. Although I feel like I'm going to get calls from Best Buy and McDonald's, like no, no shade at retail, no shade at food service. You, the people who work in those services are very, very important and they friggin' rule because they deal with a lot of bullshit, but it ain't for me anymore. I can't do it. Anymore. Yeah. No, I'm loud and clear on that. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, uh, what are we going to do? What are we talking about? What? I don't know. This is your ship. You steer it. it. I steer every ship on this channel. It's very upsetting. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a you problem. I just show up and ramble. That's how I feel. The only difference is I have to make the thumbnail. Uh, should we should we cross cross the uh, the aisle? As they sure. Say? All right, cool. So the Democrats. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Woke is weak, Joel. Define woke. That's usually I how I, uh, I right can't. There. Yeah, there we go. Shout out to Glenn. You suck, Glenn. Uh, let's talk about good. war games. War games. Talk about Asuka doing the exact same thing everyone expected of her, but ruling at it, and that is uh, turning and joining damage control. Let's go. Love it. Uh, this is great. This is great. I got to say, I'm so impressed by... Bailey had, like, this This episode of SmackDown was a roller coaster of emotions for Bailey, and she did so well with all of the storytelling in it like her acting in it and her hesitations feel authentic it's it's really really good and i just think triple h has done such a good job of how much he's using his women's wrestlers on on television in meaningful spots i love that the build to survivor series has not been brand supremacy it's it's been really 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 good and uh it also made Asuka feel very important. And even when she had her title, she wasn't feeling important. So really, really nice to see. We've also gotten EO like standing on her own as a champion a lot in this story. And this is going to probably be the biggest pivot of that. And that's just refreshing because it, champions should feel like the most important people on the show. So I love it. And I think it's going to be whether they pull across the aisle for Becky for the good girl side, whether they use me chin or whoever, like I think it's going to be something that's really, really good. It could be a great spot for Jade to debut. Um, Cause that would play into her strengths of how, I mean, literal strengths. She's very strong. Like there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do there. And I can also hide some of the, nerves if you're nervous in your first match on the wwe main roster it's uh it could be very good pacing wise for her like i, I think it could do a lot of good so we'll see we'll see a lot of people think it's becky uh which i don't have a problem with i just my only complaint with that is her and charlotte should never be on the same side of anything like those are two people that are lifelong rivals that should be like oh, like you, this you can play the enemy of the enemy is my friend for for now 
you know. Well, and Charlotte's a face right now. I just don't think Charlotte is great at the face thing. So. And Becky, Becky and uh, Bianca have history together in War Games. That's really the that's that's what they can pull from. Last year at War Games, Becky and Bianca were on the same team. They won. I think they were the only they were the sole survivors on their or not sole. They were the survivors on their team. And then later on went to the press conference and were basically saying, you know, Bianca says, "I want to beat all four horsewomen." And uh, sorry, uh, and now I got to cycle through all the names of the four horsemen in my head. <laughs> Becky, <laughs> Becky says, "I want to be the first woman to win the Royal Rumble twice, the Women's Royal Rumble, of course." So it makes sense to have Becky be the 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 final woman, but it also doesn't make sense because it's like, why her when she's not feuding with anyone in Damage Control? You know, other than her being like Bailey's a dope. And then that's 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 her in. So like the recruitment is going to be the big story. I don't like Jade being part of this. I think it really undercuts her importance. I think the idea of putting Jade in a WWE ring is to showcase her as a singular star, as somebody who doesn't need to be on a big team to start, especially one that's full of like, I know they call them WWE superstars, but like the top of their women's division. It doesn't it doesn't make sense to me to have her show up i would keep her on the back burner for now make sure she is ready take your time i also have a feeling that she's nxt bound because you see her more there than you would dare do anywhere else these days and on top of that i think she's going to be debuting at deadline i think that's her start uh and she doesn't i think long. it is too and she, yeah and I, she does not need long she just needs a few months to figure out if this is if we're good and let's move you up and put you in the rumble or maybe get you at WrestleMania, whatever they have their time. They're not going to waste it, but also they want to make sure they get it right. So I don't think she'll be in war games. Doesn't make sense to me. No, I think she's going to smoosh Lyra Valkyria, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately, cause I like Lyra, not, not for Jade. I think it's a, a perfectly logical place for Jade to enter. I think you could do a heck of a job with the recruitment side for Jade though, too, like all of a sudden all the top stars are want her to be there. And she's like, why, why would I come in and help you guys? Cause like, there's some powerful things that you could do to make her look really good in that of this. You're right. This team is full of stars and they all want her. Uh, it could also set up an enormous heel turn in the match if you wanted to throw her on the heel side. But I also just hope that she debuts at either opportunity soon because we just saw her getting out of cars and talking to people. And she then has not been like on TV. So well, no, um, they, they had her appear in NXT in the, in the arena during the, uh, the Becky and Lyra match. She sat on the throne. She watched the match. They went back and forth. She's been in the arena. She just hasn't been, she's been largely backstage. The first it it was a progression. It was, she can't, she was announced. She got out of cars. Then she was backstage and now she's in front of the audience at NXT, but they kind of pulled back from Raw and SmackDown. So they kind of had a little bit of like where she ends up, but she hasn't been in front of the arena audience on Raw or on SmackDown. Yeah, and it was just weird because it felt like for a few weeks in a row, she was chasing Becky, not Jade, or not the NXT title. So that maybe that was just to keep things like, where is she going to go a little bit? But uh, I... I, we'll just wait and see. We'll just wait and see. But I think the recruitment of the last person on the good gal side is going to be a fun story, no matter who they pull. Like, unless they just default and are like, it's me, Shin, because she's here at a face, which isn't the worst, honestly. It's a natural story. But like, you do have a couple of weeks here, so it could be fun to play with 
um, you know, them, them being like, we need a ringer and we've got to get Becky over here. How do we do that? Could be something that's really fun. Could be something that's really fun. Okay. But what if it's Tamina? I mean, there's nobody meaner. She is, she is definitely the meanest. The meanest. The meanest. Nobody meaner than Tamina. Is there anybody that we're not thinking of? Beat I mean, you could do an NXT call up. It's very, very easy. Oh. Like, are they going to call Cora Jade in or something? No, I think they still have stories to tell with Cora down in NXT. And I think she has some, some work to do as well. She's, she's far from perfect. Uh, Roxanne. I see. I can't relate. Cause I'm just, I'm um, just perfect. I'm perfect. That's what yeah. the super chats do. Oh. Will Chisholm sent us one saying, when Kyrie <laughs> said, I forgive you, Bailey. Me and my daughter said, you lying. <laughs> and by the way, I love, I love the presentation of Kyrie because they brought her back. She still has like a pirate look in her, in her gear, but man, she don't look like it when she's in street gear. She looks like she's going to beat the shit out of you. And it's good stuff. Love. I also, we talked about this a little bit on Friday when Sean was on. Um, I know there's people that are like, don't just group all the Japanese women together, but it's, it's not just because they're Japanese. It's, to me, it reads as they all have history with each other in NXT and they all offer something different in kind of a women's trio that I think is really good. Like Asuka is so hard hitting. Her strikes are amazing. Um, her suplexes are ridiculous. She's like very athletically built and very hard hitting. EO offers a lot of the same things, but also has this ridiculous moonsault, right? And does in war games matches puts her trash can over her head and is going insane like she's got this whole other element to her and then Kyrie is obviously much smaller in build and has this awesome elbow drop and can do so much aerial stuff that I think what I like about that idea is the same thing that I like about like a house of black where it feels like all three of those guys are so different that it makes it feel like the opponent has no idea how to prepare for all of those forces all at once in a match and I, I just I think it could be so, so much fun. So I'm looking forward to that. But I know everybody, when when people were like, so-and-so should join the Hurt Business, they were like, well, not everybody who's Black has to join the Hurt Business. Like, That's And I get that. And I get we don't want to see that with Japanese representation either. But I'm like, no, no, no. I think there's more there because of stories from the past and what they could offer regardless of of heritage. I spent so many weeks trying to get Cameron Grimes to join the Hurt, the Hurt Business. And nobody the wanted Cameron business. Grimes to join the Hurt Business. He would be great in the Hurt Business. He can wear a suit. He won't wear a shirt with it. Well, now we he like traded in his shirt, his suit jacket for a shirt, and it's very weird. It's just, I've been asking for Bobby Lashley to send me a suit for weeks. Yeah, he ain't going to do it. I'm sorry. I know. Yeah. My my one, I will put, it, put this out there for the millions of people watching us here. By the way, leave a thumbs up on the video if you haven't already, because you have to. Not because you should, but because you have to. Legally, you are obligated. It is true. It's true. It's in the YouTube terms and conditions. It is. It, it same thing with the super chats and supporting women. That's the whole thing, right? That's the yeah, um, that's the reality. My <laughs> one addition to the SmackDown side of things is Zelina Vega. And the only reason I say that is because she's about to almost become a woman without an island. If the LWO is breaking up, the story is Santos and Ray and Carlito, maybe the other two dudes, but Zelina's just going to be out there without anything to do. So for her to come out and be like, yeah, sure. I'm pissed off. I want to go beat up some baddies. That's the one thing she could do. 
That's a really good call at someone whose name hasn't been mentioned very much. I, I like that idea. Yeah, That's cool. She, she has... We, we know she can go. She knows she would probably have a lot of fun in that match, but it's just one of those moments where it's like, yeah, why, why wouldn't she? She's pissed off. Her, her group just got disbanded. She was so attached to it. And now she's probably not joined. Well, if she joins Santos Escobar, I don't hate that. The heel turn will be nice, but if they don't do that, then I'd put her in war games. Sure. I didn't think about her going with Santos. That's a cool idea. They got to replace so uh, Electra Lopez. Yeah. That was so weird she didn't get called up with them because she was very, very over. It was not. Very, very over. It wasn't that weird. They want well, from, more than... she has work to do in ring wise, but like Zelina's been mostly a valet. Like I for for the most part, outside of the fact that they went to Puerto Rico wanted to have her in a match. Like so and she was very good at that aspect of things. Um but she's she's doing stuff at NXT now, and that's that's cool. It was just kind of like, oh, they just they left one person behind. This is this is gold. <laughs> I love I love it when people do this. What if the fourth woman on the babyface side is Mako Satomura? Can we stop trying to book Mako? Poor Mako. Let the woman just like quietly coach in peace and do her thing. No, she's, I will not let her do that. She's, just, she's the final boss. Thing. She's she's. I I think she's fantastic, but everyone keeps trying to book her, and I'm just like she's not. She's not coming to NXT like main raw. Like they, they brought her in for that one PLE so that she could not eat a pin. Or no. Yeah, yeah. So they could combine. No, she had a whole story with Roxanne. Then they did the yeah, the respect Roxanne, and then Roxanne passed out, and I'm so scared, and yada yada. But like leading into that, they did the 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 combination match, right? The the Mandy Rose, Mako, and Blair Davenport match. Blair, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, they're doing this so that they can pin Blair and not pin Mako. (laughs) That's all it was. Sure, but like that was definitely Mandy's best match, I think. Yeah, Um, I mean, it's easy when you got two women that caliber working with you. Sure. Um. I, I don't hate that because of if you're going to go Joshi, like full tilt, and then you have, like, if you're like, who knows how to neutralize these women and is as much of a badass as this group? Like, that that's not too far of a reach. I think that is something that most of the WWE fan base, it might be lost on them, what Mako's um, legacy is because... Like the way WWE is selling out right now, like they're they're getting those casual fans sucked in, and they're not going to be the ones that are looking up Mako Satamora matches and understand her significance on the main roster without some sort of introduction. I feel like, uh, like you would have to have her on TV for longer than we have a build to Survivor Series. I think to to be able to pull that off properly. I don't think he's wrestling anymore. Coach. Yeah, the coach. Good shout, but I don't think he's going to be in the Survivor Series match. Let's talk about I think they meant Mako's a coach. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, no, we're talking about we're talking about Jonathan Coachman. ESPN's own Jonathan Coachman. ES- ESPN right. golf guru, Jonathan. Or the sitcom. Yes. Do you remember the sitcom That's coach? Right. Yeah, of course. Craig T. Nelson. Who can forget? Absolutely. That's right. Great show. Great, great, great. Anyway, <laughs> on the men's side, Drew. And Randy, are we pretty much set in stone there? What do you think? Well, one of them was reported on Fightful Select, at least. Yeah, break the so. wall. It's been a while. <laughs> it's already. I mean, everybody else did. Yeah, it's already. Everyone aggregated. else did. So definitely Randy Orton, which I think is great. That's a really great spot for him to return. I'm just glad that he can. Like that was not a. Uh, 
baby injury. That was a long injury that had him out for a long time. So for him to be able to return and be cleared is, is very good. That's great news. Uh, Drew on the the bad side, probably. That makes the most sense. Um, would have to be a recruitment campaign on on that side too. But I don't I don't mind that. And what's fun here is you have authority figures in play, right? So um there's a lot of possibilities of how they could make that work. Like they could have to trade for someone or whatever. Like I've really enjoyed that they've had Nick Aldis and uh, Adam Pierce managing their respective brands. That's just something that anytime there's an authority figure around it, just everything makes more sense. So good shit there. I want so badly. They're not doing it because they're probably just going to have the five matches that we're going to get uh, or even four, probably five matches. And I don't think they're going to do it. I wanted a five on five traditional Survivor Series match. Team Pierce, Team Aldis. But I wanted the the stakes to be that the winning team, whether it's the surviving members or the sole survivor, whoever it is, that winning team gets to compete for the world title of their choosing or the opposite brand, whatever it could be. You just add the stakes, right? The Raw team wins. They get to face Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. The, the winners, they determine it by a five-way match or a four-way, three-way, two-way, or sole survivor gets the match. That's the Rumble. Uh, or vice versa, you know, you go to SmackDown, you get Rollins, or you get your champion on your brand, whatever you want to do. I wanted a match like that, but I don't think we're going to get it because we've already filled up the card to this point. It's very full. Yeah. I think also from when Triple H took over, that would have been too quick to snap together. Um, they started planting the seeds, and it looked like something you could do with a bunch of your undercard because Seth doesn't have a world title match, Roman's not on the card. You've got guys like LA Knight who aren't wrestling. KO's not wrestling. You know, for better or worse, Grayson Waller and Austin Theory are two others that like you can put together a team of baby faces and heels and they'll all get along for the idea of facing each other for the world title shot. And you, everyone kind of gets uplifted through this and it doesn't make it seem like can they coexist? It is, no, you have to because if you want a world championship match, you got to get along to then have a fight against those people to get that match. And no, that's what we call can they coexist actually done well. That's exactly right. what that is. That's, is, that's is that they're they're not um, losing sight of the thing that they're fighting for. Uh, I wanted initially. I thought this would have been really cool. There's some people that just feel like they've been ripe for a main roster call up, and now some of them are getting called up. So this doesn't work. But I thought it would have been really cool to have a mixed SmackDown and Raw team against like four or five people from NXT that deserve to get called up. And the stakes are we get to stick around the main roster if we win and then you just have them win. And I feel like that's a cool story because the NXT brand, obviously not this era, but has a very rich history at Survivor Series, right? And I thought that could have been such a cool way to get the creeds up Braun Breaker up. It seems like they want Carmelo to stick around, but Dragon Lee could have been in that. Like there, there was a way to kind of have that build out. And I thought that would have been a really clever way to get some of these overdue call-ups moved up. But uh, yeah, I, it, I'm, I'm just glad we have a build that makes sense and isn't you wear this color t-shirt based uh for the first time in a in a while like i it's been very very refreshed wwe product 
Uh, and it's been a lot nicer to review, to be honest, because like other than when there's a go home double tape or whatever, there's not many episodes of late where I'm like from wall to wall, this episode was bad. Uh, and when they are, when it is a situation like that, you kind of at least understand why, right? You're like, nothing of consequence is going to happen because they are in a different country. Um, and this was taped and we spread our roster really thin. So it's just been nice. It's been nice to have a build like this. I got to say the raw side, I just, I cannot possibly care about Cody's all-stars versus the judgment day at all, because they've already faced each other so many times that I, there's no heat left for me. I'm like, I've seen all these guys face each other and the, it's been so obvious and it's been going on for so long that where the rest of this build has felt kind of appropriately paced, this has felt very long in the tooth to me. And I, I just don't have an interest in it. Cause I've seen, I've seen a permutation of this close raw like every week for however long. So I just uh, find that side of it kind of boring, which is funny. Cause I actually like raw more as a show more often, but I think the SmackDown side of this has gotten built better. That's fair. Uh, the, the, the raw war games match. I hear what you're saying. And that's kind of why I'm saying with the possible inclusion of drew and Randy, you kind of put in a little bit, you put in a little bit of flame to that fire because this is the blow off hopefully. And then of course the big story coming out of that, it's more than likely Randy Orton turns <laughs> and who he turns on is the big question because his first return story is going to be big. Does he go through Christmas feuding with Cody going into the rumble or does he feud with somebody else? That's, you know, that's one of the big questions that I have. I know we're limited on time and you're going to go over to Sour Graps over on Select in a few minutes, but uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on that. And then and then I want to I want to ask a very important question. Well, the answer to your question is Yeet. Right. I forgot about that. He's also there, isn't he? So. I did forget about the Yeet. <laughs> well, that was easy. Uh, there could be something really fun in Orton and Sami Zayn. Uh, I I think that could be really cool. Cody makes sense. They have the history of legacy together. Uh, Randy Orton automatically feels like very important at the top of the card. So it keeps things fresh for Cody. But there's just, I was thinking about this during the world title match on Raw. Uh, and then I was thinking about it again during Mark Briscoe's match. I was like, man, Mark Briscoe and Sami Zayn might be two of the best wrestlers in the world at eliciting hope particularly in matches where you already know the outcome both instances this week it was so interesting of like I know the outcome but Sami Zayn just makes you believe so much like it's so easy to get behind that guy and in a match like some of his nears falls like I'm on the edge of my seat kind of stuff like there is genuine emotion evoked by his performance in matches and it's so impressive to me that he can get me that interested in matches in general, but like when there's foregone conclusions, same thing happened with Mark Briscoe where I was just like, God, he's so good at some of these, like that was just a great match too. Some of the sequences in there, but like, I remember one of his first matches back on the ROH brands, he like went to tag for Jay and Jay wasn't there. And I just started like crying. And yeah, it was, it was really like, really just like messed you up a little bit. Um, 
but they, there was a number of near falls kind of in that match on Wednesday too, where I was just like, damn, these are two of the best in the world at that specific thing happening. And they're so different as wrestlers that I was like, God, this is like the magic of the wrestling part of, which is my favorite thing about wrestling is the wrestling. Um, so I, I just feel like when someone's that good at that specific thing and with a heel, like Randy Orton is a heel, him turning on that guy could just be incredibly satisfying. But it does feel like we're headed toward Drew versus Sammy still. So um, I can leave the window open for that, I guess. I would probably do Cody and Randy in the summertime. Going into SummerSlam, make that the match. Because there's no way you can blow that off now. Unless you do, you got to have Cody in the Rumble. Or, again, I think Cody's going to win Elimination Chamber in in Australia. Make it a huge moment in that big venue getting all the the pyro and everything, getting ready for mania. Uh, it, I don't know. Maybe Randy takes him out and they do something at the Rumble instead. I don't know. But uh, I don't think that Randy and Cody is the play until there's a world championship involved. That's where I'm at with that. Uh, I think, too, Randy and Cody is a is a really good program. And I think Randy and Sammy is a really good program. And what's been refreshing about the past six to eight weeks of WWE programming and in my opinion at least has been uh there's been a lot of instances where I don't necessarily know what the outcomes are but I feel like for the first time in a long time they do know what the outcomes are and that like they have a plan and it's I get to sit back as a fan and try and like play with fantasy booking or whatever for sure but uh it's it's really nice to have actual like man I don't know the outcome of this and I didn't even think Crown Jewel was that strong from a booking perspective but every match that was set up going into it there was pretty much like either one of these people could win and it would make sense which is that part of it is very very sound yeah so that it's just nice to kind of have that feeling back especially this is a weird time of year for WWE nothing really matters again until January 1st turns over. Right. Like realistically, but they're still having some compelling stuff built out, which is nice. I'm going to hit these last three super chats. And then a very important question. First of all, Will Chisholm says they're going to jump Bailey out of damage control. Like they do with bullet club. I do think the end game is Bailey versus EO for the title at WrestleMania 40. I mean, if Bailey's going to turn babyface, that's a good match to have. Oh, but does she overcome EO and all the, the heels on the way to winning that title? Is that a big enough story? Well, and is the story, there's there's a lot that you could do there. I would love that for a lot of reasons. One, it just means EO is holding the title that long, but I can't imagine they're not going to do Charlotte versus Bianca for the title uh, at, at Mania 40. If they manage to have Charlotte in a non-title feud for like the first time ever, God bless them. Charlotte and Kyrie. I wouldn't actually hate that, to be honest, but I think... More realistically, you might get another, you might get the Joshi stable that looks like it's lining up versus Bailey Dakota and question mark, uh, whether they want to use that as a legend spot and NXT call up or somebody that they just feel like would be a good fit. That's, that's already active. Uh, that could be really fun. And if they give that real time, that could be a hell of a match. Mariah. Really, really, really could. I would love for it to be Bailey versus EO. Mariah. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Will Chisholm also sent a super chat saying, and, and I'd have be I'd have Bailey beat EO at WrestleMania. They can jump EO out. Uh like how AJ kicked Finn out of the Bullet Club and get replaced by Julia. Sorry, I'm a mark. No, you're fine. You're good. You're unless you're all marks, by the way. I fucking mark oh Chisholm. god, when 
when people are like, oh, you mark, I'm like, you mean I'm emotionally invested in the thing I'm watching? That's the point. You're a professional, Kate. You're supposed to be a journalist. I'm sorry. Very not, no cheering in the press box. I am a robot. Bleep blurp. Blurp blurp. It's okay. I have no opinions. That's right. I am only facts. That's right. Uh, I don't think you have to jump EO out. I think you just she just takes the loss and they have to try to figure out how to get back to the top of the mountain. I, I wouldn't undercut it like that. But I would have Bailey go over there. For no other reason. Like, can we give this woman a big moment at WrestleMania, please? Nah, you're asking too much. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> And then Jay Miller rounds out the super chat saying, what do you think about Damian Priest bailing the cash in for more turmoil in the judgment day since they teased Damian being kicked out? I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you first. What do you think of that? I just don't give a fuck anymore about this money. In the brief, brief, brief case. Wow. Just get, just cash it in and get it over with whether he wins or loses. Uh, I feel like judgment day is, is maybe on the way to breaking up regardless of, if he wins and realizes he doesn't need them or if he loses and JD McDonough costs them or whatever, that angle with Sammy, I thought was so stupid. I crowned Joel. Like I couldn't, I couldn't have hated that more. I'm I, you triple H, you are banned from masked members of the bloodline or bloodline adjacent showing up hooded and in, in at pay-per-views. We're done enough of that. The only reason that it made sense to me is because Sammy is so over there that like, it was just, it was an, on the screen pop and and again the saudi shows are their house shows they're glorified house shows and this is kind of a this is a house show thing to do i'm not saying that like oh it's perfect booking yada yada but i'm like in the confines of what i'm talking about i was like no that's what they would do at a house show they would have whoever's really over in the town stop them and i like that seth rollins the next night that's how he got the world title shot is he came out and he explained he was like hey you you know got the briefcase back because jay white sure as shit ain't having to give back that title that he stole months ago and is still running around with, even though it's not his property and he's not the champion. They, they did not show Sammy giving back the money in the bank briefcase. No, Every got there. other time that that's happened, there has been a match for the money in the bank briefcase. I, I but this know. Yeah, but this time it was very simply the world champion being like, give it back. And he got it back. And then when Sammy gave it back, the world champion said, Give him a title shot. I want to face. So him. why wouldn't you just let him cash in with the thing? Because he doesn't. The, the thing that's for a world he title shot. Case. That's the deal. You have to have. You have to have won the briefcase, and he didn't win the briefcase. He stopped the title shot. So he it's been it. whoever has the briefcase every no, other time. It's, no, it's not. It's whoever has possess. It's not whoever has possession. It is the person has to have won it. And that includes a match for the briefcase. There was no match. There have the been briefcase. feuds over the briefcase. Yes, but before. this wasn't a feud over the briefcase. Sammy didn't pin Damian Priest to win the briefcase. Sammy just stopped it and stole the briefcase, therefore rending, rendering the opportunity to cash in completely. New. Absolutely no sense. It made plenty of sense. He was sick. It makes day trying to cash absolutely in, so no sense for Seth Rollins to say, hey, you have to give back this device that's for a title shot so that I can give you a title shot. That is no, the dumbest ass in that's the world. That's not what happened. Sammy it's literally back, what happened. No, it's not. Sammy gave back under his own volition. He gave it back. Sammy said he went, sorry, Seth said he went in after Sammy left the office and said to Adam Pierce, he did the right thing. I'm giving, I want you to give him a title shot. That's baby face being a baby face, rewarding it's the baby trash. face for doing a baby face thing. It is trash. Stop it. 
I stole it. this thing to give it back the next day with no protest, even though every time that is so dumb. I stopped you from cashing in and I took the briefcase with me so you wouldn't cash in because why? Sammy Sammy was told to give the briefcase back. He gave the briefcase. And he back. just did. Yeah, he did. And Barf. he was rewarded for doing the right thing because that's what a baby face does is the right he thing. He stopped the cash in. Right. And then meanwhile, you've got a guy who stole the world championship on the other show where it's supposed to be the biggest, like most important title you've got. And they're not telling it, but you don't have Tony Khan or one of the coaches going up to Bullet Club and being like, give me back the belt or you're fired. This doesn't belong to you. And you can do a story. I understand how stupid that is. But like, I understand how dumb that is. I'll take one of the other. No, I will take neither of that. You, you are not a good guy. If you stop a cash in for no reason. You are. Why? Because Damian Priest was being, because Damian Priest was being opportunistic. He wasn't cheating. He wasn't breaking any rules. That was well within his rights. And he just said, no, because I don't feel like you should. And I'm going to take this thing and then I'm just going to give it back the next day so that he can do the same recycled angle at a different pay-per-view. Uh-uh. Kaka. The whole Ooh, idea cool. was that he didn't want to see Judgment. I understand the idea. Thing. It's a bad idea. That's fair. I thought that what came out of it was a lot better than things they've done before. Well, the bar is pretty low since the last time that got cashed in on it was for a mid-card title during an open challenge. A little bit different. Will Chisholm said Sammy would Sammy the man would do that. He would. He'd probably do he wouldn't, receipts. You cannot be a good guy and stop someone from doing something that is following the rules. No, but he was stopping someone who is inherently evil on the program from doing something that, yeah, technically he's allowed to do, but he was sick of seeing that guy do it in this way. We've seen people call their shots by sick of sick of seeing that guy do it in in that way. He's never been able to cash in the freaking briefcase. I can't wait till this guy cashes in so this dumb storyline. I mean, is he's over. probably going to cash. Probably going to cash in during war games after Drew Claymore someone and steals it, and he's going to steal the title, and that'll be that. Which is the same thing. Sami Zayn should have to stop him every single time. And I'm sure Sami's going to try it. I'm sure Sami's going to try. Maybe they're oh going to hold. God, what a fucking answer. dork Sami Zayn is. Good. I hope you keep that energy. <laughs> keep that energy. Damn it. Okay, before you before you leave, let's let's get this out. Let's get this on the record. December, you're gonna come to a final resolution now that she knows ESJ is gonna be in the building. <laughs> uh, for multiple reasons, probably. Uh, I think I'm gonna be upstate that weekend anyway for some stuff with Excite. So I'm I'm going to. I have to get my passport back in the mail before I do because it's being renewed as we speak. So I'm hoping that it it comes back in time. It it should. It should. I gave them plenty of time, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to. I also have never been to an impact taping, so I would like to go just from that perspective. We'll but there. considering I will have driven half of the way already, it's much more possible and likely. And then yeah, you put ZSJ and, and Josh Alexander on the same side of things in a match. That's a that's a happy Kate. That's a lot of Tecker side for, <laughs> against, for me. Against Motor City Machine Guns, no less. Yeah. Oh my God. Like what are, what aren't we doing if I'm not going to see that? You know what I mean? I'll get the mattress ready for you. <laughs> I um, could say that I'm Canadian and Japanese. Oh, that makes absolutely no difference to anyone. Canada Jin. 
days. There you Mazatov, go. Very so I'll be Canadian for one weekend and I can say it in multiple languages. I'm looking, I'm looking <laughs> Vegas is looking likely for me. So that's, that's looking good. That rules. I'm going to sing Katy Perry at you every week on the show. Don't know where I'm staying yet, but your money will help me. So donate all the, don't even donate the super chats. Just donate to my PayPal. That's what you get Don't get up and shake the glitter off your clothes now. No, thank you. I did now. I couldn't. I did it earlier. This is a fresh shirt. It wasn't glitter I was shaking off. It was baby. Is that a Jody Threat shirt? It is a Jody Threat shirt. Speaking of impact superstars. She's the best. I bought it in Hamilton at A1. When she was on the card like two years, three, four, oh my God, four years ago. After all the S you've talked about, Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton's awful. I'm not going in February to the A1 <laughs> show. I think that's dumb. I love you, Julian. I'm not going to Hamilton in February. Nobody should go to Hamilton, let alone in the dead of winter. I don't know what you get against Alexander Hamilton. but Plenty of it. Hey, leave a thumbs up on the way out. Kate, tell them where they can find you because you're going to go. Well, go over to FIFOSelect.com and uh, watch me and Alex complain about Chris Jericho and then book our own <laughs> tournament for this continental uh, tournament that we have coming up on AEW. Going to have some fun behind the paywall there, but you can normally catch me Sundays here sometimes. It's a mystery. Uh, Mondays on Fightful Select, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday on the main channel of Fightful doing your NXT ROH for as long as it's a thing uh, and SmackDown review. And then Wednesdays at the Mark Order podcast. You can also follow me at Miss Kate Fabe on my own YouTube handle where I do a show called This Week in Wrestling, which is just me and the thoughts, which is scary, but it's going all right. And some watch alongs like we did yesterday for New Japan Strong, which was a really, really fun show. Mike Bailey and ZSJ, dude. Ridiculous. They're going to see each Mike, other again soon. Mike Bailey like needs to be in the conversation for wrestlers having one of those years because like osprey's having that zsj's having it but like mike bailey has also been having one of those years and it's awesome let's go yeah oh and uh billy starks and and uh mike bailey had a match at jcw today let's go very good so go watch that. Oh, shit. you want you want to go over to fightfulselect.com and hang out with me and alex right now yes go hang out with them uh <laughs> I'm back tomorrow morning, Monday morning, as I am Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at noon. No, 10 a.m. Eastern until noon. <laughs> wow. Over on Overbook. That's this channel. Uh, in the weeds. Jeremy and I talk about wrestling. Two hours. Have guests. You know how it goes. In the weeds. In the weeds. And then Thursdays, Post Impact, main channel, Cross the Star. She's great. And then Kate and I, Sundays, we're here. Maybe. Maybe okay. not. I just send out a tweet and we find out. It's a gamble. Yeah, it is. Just like Vegas, baby. Hard to kill. Just like this show. <laughs> I'm at Joel Pearl J. We all be here, all ladies, gentlemen, friends, beyond the binary. We will see you in the next one. Uh, cheers. <laughs>